turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, it's our Baby Boomer Show with Mark, Mallory, and Lori. We're going to talk about why older adults are getting younger by the day, plus marriages that have improved during lockdown, and we'll address staying together in a bad marriage for the kids and whatever else you want to bring up. But first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. So last night I shared a text from a... or an email from a woman who who had uh, discovered that her brother was cheating on uh, his girlfriend and the girlfriend is a friend of the sister and she was wondering what to do. So I got this... Uh, long texts that uh, is very touching and and you'll hear it so uh, I want to share that with you hi there from my heart I believe people need to support each other to be honest and authentic I would support my sister-in-law as hard as that would be to tell her that my brother is cheating I would give her honest constructive feedback and deal with my brother with the same approach I would tell her what's going on so she can make a sound decision whether she chooses to stay with him or not as she has the right to know the truth about her life and set her free from a fraudulent life truth sets people free not knowing uncertainty even in the subliminal mind can cause a person sadness depression ptsd and many other sad complications that that shortens a life this to me is unacceptable we're here on a journey to serve and lift each other up nurture and love each other and that includes removing these toxins that are painful let's encourage each other to live amazing and honest lives and live our best lives if she's my good friend it's my job to definitely support her to choose a life that is her truth i thought that was so well said so i applaud this person for that and i know it's it's um it's a moral dilemma right do you rat out your brother do you you know, I mean, all of it, it is a moral dilemma. So it is not like a right or a wrong, but in this way, when you take truth and honesty as your um, mainstay, like your your motto, uh, then uh, that would make sense, right? Uh, hi, Dr. Lori. You asked for suggestions for a passion holiday show. I would like to. I would like a feel-good show. Maybe the pandemic can bring the magic. The holidays has lost for so many years. Uh, This year, some people will be more alone than ever because of COVID. My adopted grandmother and her daughter will be coming to my house for the holidays, and she kindly asked if her friend, who lives in a retirement home, can come because she will not be going to Hamilton, where her family lives, and she will be alone. By God, I am not going to disappoint her. I have a close friend coming too, so we should have a nice Christmas that spans a few generations. I kindly ask the passion community to make a small effort to make someone's Christmas a not-so-lonely one. There will be many who will not be going to see family because of COVID. My adopted grandmother has become very special and I love her very much and it all happened purely by accident. It's nice to leave food in a food box or donate to a charity, but nothing is more important than seeing a smile and knowing the smile is because of you. So I thought that was a nice reminder for all of us. 
Uh, and here's a question. Hi, Dr. Uh, or a comment. We will be having my wife's parents here for Christmas, and she just called me and wants to give her parents a good old-fashioned Christmas like they had when when with their parents. The only thing she could find online is a real tree. There were no imitations back then. We are planning to find a tree farm and pick and cut our own tree. She got that idea from the movie Christmas Vacation, and I think it is a great idea. On the next Baby Boomer show, which is tonight, can you please give us an idea what Christmas was like as a child in the 60s and 70s? Was Christmas really much more meaningful? So I'm reading it now because I want everybody else out there who is uh, who grew up in the 60s and 70s, how different were the holidays then? Was it more meaningful? Was it more or less uh, the same. It's hard for me to speak because I never really celebrated Christmas. I've always celebrated uh, Hanukkah and it was never a huge deal in my home. I made a bigger deal of it uh, when my kids were growing up and we had like, um, we had a Hanukkah bush with my young kids and so it looked like a little, you know, a white, basically white Christmas tree decorated with blue stuff and put presents under there and, and such. So um, that's the way I celebrated now. But when I was a kid, it wasn't a really big deal in, in my home. So it wasn't really celebrated. I just remember being quite envious of my friends who were celebrating Christmas. <laughs> uh, that I remember. So I won't be able to speak to that. But Mark and Mallory probably will be able to share some of their uh, their own experiences of uh of Christmas, so we'll uh, we'll talk to them. And and if you want to share yours, Christmas then, Christmas now, your holidays, how were they celebrated? Were they more meaningful back then than they are now? Um, let us know. Would love to um, would love to hear from you. And before we do head out to our uh, Boomer panel, the who, by the way, Mark is the passion poet, but he, he wrote a poem, so I'll share it with you right now um, as the beginning of the show. It's been 22 years of passion. Listeners span the generations, a voice heard all over the world and sent into the constellations. Tonight is the Baby Boomer Show, adult discussion a la carte, a little something for the young and something for the young at heart. You have Lori and Mallory, two beautiful women in their prime, getting better every year like an expensive bottle of wine. Then a third rounding out the trio, a virtual threesome, wouldn't you know it, Lori, Mallory, and Mark, also known as the Passion Poet. Call in and ask a question or maybe a comment by text. Maybe we have the answer, but be sure we'll try our best. So thank you for that. Uh, hi, Dr. Shory. That situation sure is delicate, yes, with the, uh, the cheating one, but I basically agree with that wonderfully written text you just read, that honesty is a, a way um, forward. All right, here's another one, a question that I got by email, and you can always send your emails to me, to laurie at drlaurie.com, or you can uh, text me uh, your uh, thoughts, your comments, your questions to five. 14800 Can you settle an argument that me and my boyfriend are having? How much masturbation is too much? It's not what you think. When I masturbate, I can have multiple orgasms so I can keep going, basically indefinitely, or I, until I run out of vibrator batteries. My boyfriend thinks that's jerking off once a day is borderline too much and feels weird about anything over three to four times a week. I think he's being a prude. So how much 
is too much? <laughs> uh, that's a hard one to answer. All I can tell you is there are plenty of people who masturbate on the daily. Uh, too much is usually when someone does something in a more compulsive manner, when their behavior interferes with their daily living, when they're having uh, negative emotions or distress that's associated with it. So, um, it, it's really about, not about that. And it's also about sex drive. Some people who have a higher sex drive will tend to, between having sex with their partner, masturbate just um, more frequently. That's it. That's all. It doesn't need to be problematic. It doesn't mean it's problematic. Uh, your boyfriend is not necessarily a prude, but maybe he's just comparing your needs to his needs and his behaviors. And so you exceed his number uh, and then he thinks it's too much. So guess what? You win the argument on uh, on this one. Coming up, Mark and Mallory, our baby boomer panelists, will join me. I'm also a baby boomer. Uh, we have all kinds of topics lined up for you. Excited to get going on that. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. One of my favorite parts of the Baby Boomer panel is the music that uh, Chris chooses for the evening. Brings me way back. Some music I haven't heard in a very long time. Joining me tonight, uh, our usual Baby Boomer gang. Uh, on the young, we're on the young side of the. I'm the youngest of the Baby Boomers. They're a little bit older, uh, but anybody who's a Baby Boomer wants to join in uh, by phone. You're welcome to five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred or you can uh, text in at 514-800. We have Mark, who is uh, 61. Uh, he is uh, a grandfather. Uh, we have Mallory, who's 59, not yet uh, a grandmother. And me, uh, who's 56, uh, married, uh, two kids, uh, empty nester. I think we're all empty nesters, pretty much. Uh, so yeah. we fit into all that. Yeah, yeah, I like the way you said that excitedly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't mind that either, <laughs> to tell you the truth. You know, people, I mean, it wasn't a topic I wanted to bring up, but I remember people saying, oh, empty nest, it's like a difficult time and it's hard time adjusting. And I know Mallory and I have been friends for a while and it was like, we it's like time to celebrate. Oh yeah, <laughs> my job done is job. done. <laughs> That's right. Well, part of that is because we had so much. There's other things going on in life, right? It wasn't just about uh, about the kids. But anyway, the the whole idea of Christmas then and Christmas now. Somebody brought that up and wanted us to talk about it, and I just want to share. Uh, somebody wrote in, we loved struggling with the Christmas lights, untangling and finding the one light bulb that was burnt out. Uh, Christmas was definitely way more special back then because we made our own ornaments and decorations. We wrapped our own presents. We made cards for each other and we did not get each other gift cards. <laughs> so I don't know for you guys, would you say that Christmas was more meaningful in the 70s, uh, I guess, compared to what you had after that? Mallory, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it was an age of no internet, of no phone, so you could really concentrate on the moment. 
you know, True. and uh, I was one of nine children. So <laughs> that Christmas tree had like a kajillion presents <laughs> underneath, which was really just, you know, three new outfits for Barbie. You know, right, right, right. Anything big. And then my mother being French Canadian, she had the Réveillon, so she'd make all this food. So we were allowed to have the food, I think, when we were 12 or 13. Otherwise, we were allowed to play with our toys in the living room while the grown-ups ate. Right. So you, but, it, but those memories are are so there, eh? Are amazing. I I'd love to go back, even for just you know one the one day. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Well, being the youngest of six, you know, it was always uh, special and a lot of fun. And uh, we used to get up at midnight. My parents used to wake me up at midnight after Santa Claus came, of course. And, uh, you know, when it was just a super great time. Do you remember, do you remember it being maybe more meaningful back then? Like if you were to compare it to now, I know nostalgia kind of makes us always feel like the past was better, but I don't know if that's really the case. You know what? I I think, I think Christmas back then was more, like my mother, she used to start baking or early December, um, for Christmas. I, I don't know. There was just something about it back then. That made it more special. I don't see that so much today right. at all, in fact. <clears throat> Interesting, because in, in my case, so being Jewish, I celebrated Hanukkah, except for one year, I think I was six years old, and we lived in a neighborhood. There were no other Jewish families there, and everybody had a Christmas tree in their window, so we begged and begged to have, and we didn't know. We were six years old. What do we know from religion? We just knew that our friends had Christmas trees. We wanted one, too, so I actually had a real Christmas. I don't know what meaning it, it didn't really have meaning except it was pretty and I got presents. So it's all as far as I can remember, but Hanukkah was not a huge thing in my family. Hanukkah is over eight nights, eight nights of Hanukkah. And we didn't make a big deal. My parents didn't really, I back then didn't really have the money to get gifts or it was something they didn't celebrate really in their home country. So when I had kids, I said, "Uh uh-uh, I want to do way more. I want it to be really important. So I made a big to-do about it and kind of made it a Christmassy Hanukkah. (laughs) Like I just followed the traditions of Christmas, but with the colors of Hanukkah and the symbols of Hanukkah and, you know, at Christmaka, right. And, and, and like gifts every night and, and my kids have like super memories every year of how, what a big deal we made. Uh, of the decorations and, and Hanukkah. That's the part I miss being an empty nester, I have to tell you. It's like I don't really do that anymore. I don't bother to even – I don't even decorate. <laughs> like I just wrap my gifts and, you know, ship them over to the kids and, and we celebrate at their homes or, or what have you. So it's oh, You it's see, different. I'm lucky like that because I get to go to my daughter's place Christmas morning and uh, watch her kids lose their minds for a few hours. <laughs> right. Well, as a granddad, I, I'm looking forward to, to that day. Uh, somebody says, if the couple is solid together, then empty nesting is often really great when it happens. And I, I'm with you on that. I think uh, it's like both my husband and I, we're, we're looking forward and it's not, and we tell our kids, we love you to death. We love when you come visit, but when you go home, we're okay. We're, we're also okay. <laughs> you know, the mess leaves us. It's like, it's good. It's good. We're happy that you've launched your own, uh, your own lives. Somebody else writes my Christmas growing up in the early seventies was special helping my grandmother bake almost 5,000 cookies, including wow. at least 2000 authentic Scottish shortbread style. My favorite that has been a hit whomever sunk their teeth into, um, which is amazing, right? 
All right, here's a question. Uh, hi, Lori and the Boomers. I heard today on CJD that Jennifer Lopez just released a new video. Apparently, she's completely naked in it. I don't know. Have you guys... Mallory, you're up to date on these things. No? You, did you, well, did yeah, you, hear, you heard about it? Yeah. Uh, it says, seriously, do women have to do this to get any sort of attention? I'm getting so sick of seeing the men in their three-piece suits in the videos, but the women naked or in a bathing suit. Just seems a little desperate. I do get that she's proud of her body. And what does A-Rod say? She's mine and aren't I lucky? LOL. I don't know. I mean, she's got yes for her age. She certainly has an amazing figure, but well, she works really hard at it. Hang on. If I didn't have to work for a living and got to go to a gym every day and had somebody cook meals or bring me meals, I would look like that. <laughs> we would all like to think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I mean, you know, but this is her living. This is how she's going to stay relevant. Yeah, you that's know? a good point. That's a good point. Uh, that is her living, and that's part of what she's doing. But does she have to be naked? Like, I didn't see it, so I don't want to comment on something I've not, not seen yet, but it'll be interesting. What do you think, Mark, about uh, seeing J-Lo naked? Do you need to? I mean... <laughs> um, I personally... Uh, I, I, I like Jennifer Lopez. I think she's an absolutely beautiful woman. And uh, if she wants to do a naked video, that's... <laughs> I'm you're me. good with it. Yeah, I'm sure you and every other guy uh, for sure. Um, okay, I want to talk to you about a study that I read, which I thought was really interesting. And I'm talking to youthful baby boomers right here, but I'm looking around me too and looking at this. The headline was why older adults are getting younger by the day. So they've there was a big research that was done. Um, they collected uh, data first in 1989 and 1990 of people who were born between uh, 1910 and 1914. So obviously old. Uh, and then the second cohort were collected from 2017 to 2018. And they compared people born in 1938 or 39 and 42 and 43. So they were assessed at Basically, they were assessed at 75 years old or 80 years old in both of those times, right? And then they looked at, they wanted to see uh, different things. And what they found was that um, the physical and cognitive health of contemporary, the, the ones now, uh, older adults is significantly better than people in that age range uh, 30 years ago. So they and they check things like uh, muscle strength, walking speed, reaction speed, verbal fluency, reasoning, memory, all of these things. And they concluded the results suggest that our understanding of older age is old fashioned. From an aging researcher's point of view, more years are added to midlife and not so much to the utmost end of life. Increased life expectancy provides us with more non-disabled years, but at the same time, the last years of life come at a higher and higher ages, increasing the need for care. So I thought that was interesting because as we get older in our heads, we don't feel so old. Like we talk about this all the time, Mallory, right? Like we're not, we're young at heart. We're young in our, in our brains. We do things that I, I, I don't think maybe my, certainly our grandparents didn't do you know, when, when our grandparents were in their 60s, we considered them old. They weren't like boxing, you know, I'm boxing. Like they weren't doing that. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you know, there are certain things that just didn't happen. So we are getting 
we are getting younger and younger, it seems. Well, it's well you know, it's time. funny you say that because if you watch older movies, okay, like uh, something like, you know, like even a Christmas movie, like It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. and you take a look at the people in those movies, they look, by today's standards, they look like they're in their 30s or 40s. But in the movie, they're playing people that are in their early 20s and, and younger. Right. If you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Like people seem to be aging slower now. Well, we're taking, we have more means to take better care of ourselves now. I think there's a difference in nutrition. Our nutrition is better. We have, you know, we, we promote exercise. There's so many things in our lives that make it more, that make it easier to stay younger. What do you think, Mallory? Last well, we, we know better now. Yeah, okay. That's all. It's well. available to us. There was no boxing available for my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> she would never you know? have dreamt of doing it, even if it was. It's well, just that thing, true. right? We're doing, it's a, it's available to us, and it's sold to us as something that is uh, important to uh, to keep up. Absolutely. You are right about that. Well, we know now that, you know, as we get older, we have to, you know, keep using our muscles. We know that now, so we we try to work out every day and move every day. Yeah, we know we, that. We we, we, we also know that smoking kills us, and we're still some people are still smoking. So that's not the knowing part doesn't necessarily make the the uh, the doing part. Uh, coming up, the stupid sex story of the day. Plus, we'll talk about why some marriages have improved during lockdown. and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. All right, before we continue with our Baby Boomer panel and some of your texts about Christmas back then, uh, let me share this with you. Here's the and, and the stupid sex story is really sometimes about just stupid people, uh, so we'll just talk about this for a minute. Uh, the headline one was, Woman's boyfriend enraged after he discovers that she went to a male gynecologist. I mean, really? Really, really? Uh, so this was posted on uh, where I get, where I find these on subreddit. Uh, for a few months, she says, I've been getting really bad menstrual cramps that often last more than a week. I never used to get back cramps and never for more than a day. So when I mentioned it to my mom, she insisted on me going to the doctor immediately. Uh, also, my mom made the appointment. I didn't know who I was seeing until I showed up that day. The doctor was a middle-aged man who was completely professional and there was a female nurse in the room with me the entire time, so obviously nothing inappropriate would happen. Although I probably would have preferred a female doctor, it didn't end up bothering me that he was a guy. When I told my boyfriend about the appointment and the doctor, he flipped out. He told me that only he, my future husband, should ever see and feel my vagina. He basically spent at least 30 minutes berating and slut-shaming me for going to the doctor. I was really upset and hung up on him, and he's been calling and texting me nonstop since then. I talked to some of my of my girlfriends, and in brackets, this is the kicker for me, I'm not allowed to have guy friends or I'd ask them. 
in brackets she writes and they're split some of them say their their boyfriends wouldn't like them having a male gynecologist others told me he's being extremely controlling and to and to dump him um so yeah but pretty much the all the people who responded were pretty unanimous in saying this guy's just a jerk and uh, uh anyway i wanted to just share with you i'm not saying let me just preface this by saying if you are from a, a particular religious background and you're not like there are some religions where they you're you're being asked like you would ask for a female like it, it, you're the, you're not supposed to be seen by a male okay i get that uh you can we can make some accommodations for things like this but in this case uh she didn't ask for any accommodations it wasn't a, a necessity and i get that some women are not comfortable with male doctors and that's fine too you can request it if necessary but for this kind of situation ridiculous um, red flag Ma- mallory yeah i was just gonna say <laughs> control control um, Mark, tell me this wouldn't like, this would not be an issue for you, right? No, not at all. Okay. No. I'd be quite nervous if you had said yes. Uh, Mark is, uh, one of our baby boomers. He's uh, 61. He's a, uh, he's divorced. He's a grandfather. We have Mallory who's 59, who's married on her second marriage and myself, 56, uh, married for uh, a long time. Uh, and I just want to share some of our uh, text messages about Christmas because we did get one who wanted us to talk about what was Christmas back then growing up in the 70s. And uh, too many wonderful Christmas memories to enumerate here. Christmas time still meaningful for me, even without a, a lot of the trappings when we were growing up. Now I celebrate Hanukkah too, and it's very special and meaningful and someone writes out very sweet if you love shortbread cookies i will send some to the studio for you to enjoy from her recipe i would say yes bring them on except that um i i'm a vegan and so now i don't eat anything with dairy so that would be off the list unfortunately it is one thing i do miss so uh, i will have to uh, respectfully and politely decline your wonderful wonderful offer but hey you can send them to the station for other people to enjoy to <laughs> i'm not vegan i know right? uh, i know uh, my wife is jewish so she doesn't really understand any of the traditions that i grew up with however i do commend her because i think she puts in effort more effort than i do especially for the kids Good. Uh, hello, Lori. We used to celebrate with only my family on Christmas, my older brother's parents and myself. My parents used to put the presents under the tree while we were asleep. We were not spoiled, but we always got the gifts that we wanted the most and were never disappointed. After lunch, we played with our gifts. Nowadays, kids get too many gifts that they do not appreciate. We only had one shopping mall, so we only saw one Santa Claus, not 10, <laughs> which I think that's pretty funny. Uh, and then, sure, but the older generations, so this is on aging, the older generations were farmers and homemakers and busier in a different way. Yes, and they had a more difficult life in so many other ways. We have a lot of things that facilitate our life now. Uh, so uh, definitely um, very, very different. Uh, male gynecologist, this should not be a biggie for anybody if he's competent. Maybe drop the boyfriend. And I think that was the consensus. It's like, this is not the kind of person you want to spend your life with. I, and to me, the kicker wasn't even the male gynecologist. It's when I heard that she wasn't allowed to have male friends. That was the kicker for me. 
that's like Quite you know the cure well those two wow. those two things were the big red flags right right there all right there's another headline i want to share with you guys and and with our listeners as well 514-800 if you'd like to comment um with uh, mark and mallory here a fifth of marriages have improved during lockdown so there was a study carried out that found that 20% of married parents felt their relationship had strengthened while only 9% said theirs had worsened during the um, the pandemic. It, they also found that half of married adults said their appreciation of their partner had increased and commitment had uh, deepened. So I wanted to know, I wanted to just to find out how you guys were doing and and find out how other uh, some of our listeners would they say that their relationship deepened uh and improved their relationship or did it make it more difficult if i'm going to speak from where i stand in 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 terms of my work is obviously i'm going to see couples who are in trouble so they're not necessarily the general population but they seek me out because their marriage is in trouble i am seeing more than ever so yes i can i can tell you that but i also talk to couples even those in therapy who tell me that the pandemic has been good for them uh, that where they have been able to really connect more and spend more time together and do more things together and focus more on their relationships i'm curious to know what others have felt five one four eight hundred mallory um what about you i your i think your husband worked throughout the pandemic right yes he's an essential worker so he's worked throughout the whole thing and i've been working from home but you know he and i i mean we're newlyweds you know so yeah, it's only everything been, yeah. was great before everything's great now you know, if I was still with my ex-husband, I would have murdered him by now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I watch enough enough crime shows that I know how to get rid of the body. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked. If I was with my ex, it would not have worked. But with my present husband, oh, no problem. No problem at all. Oh, man. Uh, Mark, you're not married, so you're a single guy living alone. But do you think, had you been, would you think it would have helped or hindered the marriage? Depends who I'm with. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that, it's true. It's hard to ask that kind of question in a, yeah, in a like supposed thing, in a, in, in a scenario that doesn't exist. Uh, but I'd love to hear the thoughts of some of our uh, our listeners. Coming up, though, I'm going to ask you a very important question. Should parents or should couples stay in a bad marriage for the kids? So staying together in a bad marriage for the kids. What do some of you think about that? I'll find out what uh, we'll find out what our Boomer panel thinks about that. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well at five one four eight hundred. Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. I bet you half our listeners are now singing along with this song. (laughs) 
Oh my God, I get the shivers. Love it, love it, love it. It's our baby boomer panel. When you hear this uh, this 70s music, this is what you're getting tonight. Uh, we've got Mark and Mallory with us. Uh, um, uh, Mallory is 59. Mark is 61. I'm 56. We're all baby boomers, albeit on the younger side. Uh, but we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Uh, so uh, this texter writes, healthy relationships are maintained by never threatening something so big than, that you cannot follow through. Uh, yeah, that's that's one aspect. But I want to talk about this uh, with you guys and uh, our listeners too. I want to hear your thoughts on this. There was a study done, this was in the UK, that talked to uh, married adults and close to half of them say the only reason they are still married is for the sake of their kids. So we, I hear that often, like we're together because of the kids. If it wasn't for the kids, we wouldn't be together. It's a, it's a bit of a, I don't want to say, well, it could be a moral dilemma for some because some people, most of us don't really believe in divorce. We don't get married to get divorced, but, but we also have, one life to live and if you're going to be miserable for the entirety of your life uh you got to question that right so i wanted to know some of uh some of your thoughts let's start with mallory um i stayed in my first marriage i stayed as long as i did because of my kids um because uh, my ex-husband was an angry man and uh was was quite uh verbally abusive to me and the children and um, I never thought about leaving him when the kids were young because I didn't want them to be with angry dad every weekend or every second weekend. Mm-hmm. I felt I needed to be there. I, I was their protector. I was their nurturer. Um, and I had to be there to give them some sense of a great, of a good childhood, of love in the house. And I, at the time, I did not think he'd be capable of doing that. Uh, from what I was seeing. So um, once my kids got over 18 and there was no custody battle, there was no, you know, where they're going to go and they could figure it out by themselves, it was a lot better uh, mm-hmm. f- for me to do in my situation. Although I know a lot of people don't recommend that because of then what the kids see in the house. But I think my kids would have seen it anyway. But this, mm. at least this way, I was around. And I could stop it. And right. I could... But but they saw you suffer. They did. Mm-hmm. Right. They did. But right. they also saw me grow and go to therapy and get stronger. Right, right, right. And fighting back. Right, so... right. So you think you stayed how many more years past, like how many years do you feel you endured? Probably about 10. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's like a jail sentence. <laughs> it's like it could feel well, like a prison sentence, you know. You know, I chose to have children and I chose to protect them forever. And that was just one of the things. It wasn't their fault. So I was just going to do it. Right. I have a couple of texts here. Uh, staying for, together for the kids is the worst thing you can do. Another one says, I think today people realize more that we have options that are better than staying with someone in order to protect your kids. Except in Mallory's case, like I totally... I totally understand that because she needed to be the buffer 
uh, and the kids, the kids' safety, their the, even their psychological safety it wasn't about their physical safety, but their psychological yes. safety was more important. And uh, I imagine it would have been, it you know, could have been hell having getting them back after a, a difficult weekend with their dad and having to cope with the psychological. Um, consequences yeah. of that so i totally i totally under that understand that um mark what about you well i got uh, married when i was 21 and my wife was 19 which was obviously too young and we were married for about uh, 14 years now uh we're still very very good friends today and we didn't have this um, um visiting rights i can take my daughter whenever i wanted her it was i had no restrictions uh mm-hmm. you know so she had it good you know she still had mom and dad all the time right so you were you were um on this you you knew you were better off as friends and you the kids never paid any price for it is what you're saying that's correct exactly. which which is so interesting because 20 percent of the respondents um thought that they got married too young also so that was often a cause for or or you know they divorced and then looking back said oh it was just too young um so i guess that's your case mark uh somebody wrote in respect and admire mallory Yes, another one says, if it wasn't for the kids, we wouldn't be blank, blank. Always makes me sad hearing that. Sadly, part of life for many people. Good for Mallory to make it through, though. Yeah, and found happiness uh, and, and a healthy relationship post that. So, And I don't think you've never had any regret for that. You would, nope. do, you would do that all over again if need be. I would. My kids are in their mid-20s uh, now, and they're great, and they're very healthy, and they understand who their father is, so they're able to actually have a good relationship with him today. Right. Because I told them, you know, this is who he is, uh, this is his ways, but it, I, the way it's turned out, I would do it again. Right. Right. Well, I think some people would say you it was lucky for you. Unfortunately, in some situations of unhappy marriages, there's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of um, that where the kids pay the price, unfortunately, in a bad way because they're put in the middle of a, of a relationship and in the middle of a divorce. And that is the worst like that. That really damages the kids. It's one thing for the parents to be unhappy, but then to put them uh, and and somehow you know get them involved in this the messiness that some divorce can be. Imagine if all divorces were like Marks, where you know friends with the ex, you can visit your child whenever you want. We don't have to you know there's no fighting over it. I'll support you. You support me. It all works out. If that if only that were the case. In fact, tomorrow we have our family law attorney. So that's when we on the show. So that's when we hear all the horror stories of all the people going through um an awful lot of uh an awful lot of hell unfortunately i think i think a generation passed i think a lot of parents stayed together for the kids not our generation but our our parents generations before that they would stay together for the kids yeah but you know let me let's go back to that for a minute back then you had uh uh homemakers like a lot of the women stayed at home raised the kids they had nowhere to go it's not like they were making the same amount as their husbands or they were able to be independent or maybe the laws weren't even the same. I don't even know what the laws were back then, but I know that oftentimes women felt they had nowhere to go. They felt they had no 
no recourse. Uh, yeah. And so they, they, they stayed longer than, than, well, they stayed. They just stayed in, in miserable relationships. Conditions. Yeah, in miserable conditions. So on the one hand, of course, it's sad to see the rate of divorce now. And it's, you know, but then if you think back, if those women had, or, or men, whatever, whoever, if they had been able to easily walk away and it's not that it's easy it's never easy to to walk away from a marriage i don't want to i don't want to make light of this it's uh you know i i spend my entire career trying to save marriages so it's not like this is something i advocate um but to be to be miserable or to be in an abusive situation and stay because of the kids i think we have far more um resources today not everybody some people are still feel quite stuck um, but more so than uh, way back when. Another text, I would like to believe that I know my wife well enough that we, if we ever got divorced, that we would do it as nice as possible, especially for the kids. Well, you know, we say that when we like each other and we love each other. <laughs> um, if somebody really royally screws up and then you, you end up with full of resentment. It doesn't always turn out that way. Unfortunately, we'd like to think that that's how it would end. We'd like to think that we could be friends, but, uh, sadly, most divorces are, are not that way. So staying friends is the, would be obviously ideal for, for the kids sake. If you want to take the kids into consideration, that's it. We've pretty much, uh, run out of racetrack here, guys. Uh, Mark Mallory, I appreciate your time. Thanks for your wisdom and your life experience and sharing all that. It's always a hoot having you on the program. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You take always care. Always a pleasure. A pleasure. And, and that's Mark, our passion poet, by the way. So you can hear his voice as well as get his poems um, almost every day, at least a few times a week. That's for sure. Keep them coming, Mark. Keep them coming. Uh, thank you so much uh, to all of you for your texts. Uh, totally appreciate that. Thanks to our technical producer, Chris Aikens, tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito. If you go to my website, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, you can uh, shoot me an email through there. You can also have access to all the podcasts. So you can find all the past shows if you click on the Passion Radio page. Or if you have the iHeart app, you could just go to the CJD page and you can download them from there. Coming up next here, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.